You never know when you just might need an attorney. Picking the right representation is crucial for the outcome of your case. When you go to battle in the courtroom, you want the very best in your corner. You need the advocate to the stars. The professional's professional. The undisputed world heavyweight champion of justice, Stephen P. New. If you have been mistreated and abused by a major corporation, if you've been abused by a representative like a doctor at the Veterans Administration Hospital, if you or a member of your family has been the victim of elder abuse in a nursing home, if you have been poisoned by Roundup or by asbestos in your talcum powder, if your entire city's water supply been poisoned by chemicals left underground, or if you've got any other kind of gripe or grievance that you feel needs Redress in the legal system. Call Stephen P. New, newlawoffice.com, 888-692-8084. He's representing people from professional wrestlers to just the little people out there like you and me that need some champion of justice to defend their rights in a court of law, especially with the American justice system being as fucked up as it is. You need somebody that knows this shit inside and out. And Stephen P. New, if it's one thing he knows inside and out, it is shit. I think you mean a courtroom. A courtroom full of shit. That's what you'll get. Every time you're in a courtroom, you've got a courtroom full of shit. You need a shit shoveler to shovel all the shit out of the way and get you the shit you deserve. And Stephen P. New is the best shit shoveler in the world. He will dig you out of whatever hole of shit you're buried in and he will get you the shit that you deserve so that you can go and tell everybody else that they're the shits and you'll be the shit. When you seek legal counsel, choose Stephen New and his team. They'll work together to achieve the best results for your case and support you every step of the way. Our clients, why we do what we do, the law office of Stephen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the full report and tonight. The full report is about the backlash from WrestleMania. And you would think, you know, with a name like WrestleMania in the title, that it would have just absolutely blown our fucking socks off. But here I am with Rich Quick, and uh, we watched this whole thing. I, I feel like everything is the same as it was before the pay-per-view started, except for now Dominic has a title. Oh, yay. Exactly what you made me drive here. You did. You drove like two hours to get here. I will never forgive you for this. <laughs> I thought it was going to be good. Well, you thought wrong, didn't you? I did. Uh, so we, we've got to just go ahead and start at the beginning. And since we were talking about Dominic, Dominic gets uh, headbutted in the face, punked out like a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like he, like he shouldn't even be in a match with these two guys. These two guys just beat the shit out of him in the hallway. I mean, he, he got beat like somebody who would like try to sell like phony tickets would get beat <laughs> if he like they found if the guys you know you know right yeah he was he might have uh, he might have deserved it yeah well he he got beat by, uh, by by the dirty dogs fucking hate that name I hate that name but I do commend. Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode for taking that name, getting really cool jackets and matching tights and and running with it, even though the name is fucking atrocious. Yeah, but but you forgot the most important part was that Dom gets beat up backstage and then the dirty dogs throw a couch 
that happens to be there for some reason. Well, yeah, the couch is just sit. Well, what's up with the couch? Well, it, it it's a very nice couch apparently because the dirty dogs throw it on top of Dominic, and in comes West Virginia legend Jamie Noble. Dun, 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 dun. And Jamie Noble tries with all his might with two with, other people, with two other referees, and he cannot get that couch off of Dominic. So, no. just as a public service announcement. Never ask Jamie Noble to help you move. Ever. 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 Because it's going to be a waste. He can't even pick up a couch. No. Oh. I think that that, uh, that couch was definitely not from Ikea. Definitely not. No, no. It was, it was, you know, American made, baby. It had to have been old school wood because that thing had to have weighed maybe eight, 900 pounds. Yeah, it was made from a ship. So anyway, this uh, segment. It's the resolute couch. Yes. And this segment completely takes Dominic out of, uh, of the match. So we think. Uh, you would think. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get back to that later. I mean, he's trapped under a couch. What's he going to do? So we go into the very first match. We are on the, uh, the pre-show. Uh, Ricochet versus Sheamus. And, and you know what this match does for me is this match reminds me of what a waste it has been to have Ricochet in the WWE. Uh, imagine how he feels. I I know. I mean, I'm sure the paycheck's good, and I'm sure he's happy getting it. I'm sure he likes being on national television. Yeah, but he hasn't been on a, in a hot minute. Yeah. But, but you know, the thing I don't understand about this match is that it was not for the United States Championship. Nope. But Sheamus still won, right? He did. So why not make it for the championship? Well, yeah. It could have totally been for the championship. You know what really got me was all the corny antics at the end that were just like cliche. You got that title. I'm coming for that title, Seamus. At the end there. Was that your ricochet impression? I guess. I guess it was. We need to work on that. Well, maybe we will. But that was just, it was just so cliche wrestling. That it's like the writers, it, it really goes back to these writers that are getting a, a resume bump. Out of working for the WWE, and they and they're like, "What would a wrestler say?" Oh, a wrestler would say this. Yeah, no, That's it's terrible. Well, do you think that this was that this spot that Ricochet was in was supposed to be for uh, Umberto Carrillo, but he got hurt and she was oh, landed on him? Oh, yeah, I bet you that is it. I bet you, I bet you they were going to make a stomach through another Humberto Sheamus match. Huh. Luckily, we got Ricochet, and that was actually really good. I mean, of course, anything Ricochet does is good. Yeah. Except for uh, written lines by people who don't ever hear people communicate ever in life. Yeah, that, that is something that was glaring in, uh, because, you know, I drove down. We made a day of it. We watched a lot of wrestling, and a we lot did. of the wrestling that we watched today, it was glaring that... Yeah, these, these may be great athletes, and they know how to do wrestling moves, but a lot of them don't know how to talk. Right. A ton. A ton most of them don't know how to talk. And, uh, you know, Ricochet is a prime example of that. He can do everything, but he's just not that great of a talker. It, well, he's not that great of a talker, but you can tell that those are written lines. Like, yeah. you say this when the match is over, after you steal his hat and you steal his coat, and you do a dance, and this is the dance that you're supposed to do. So do it right. It's like it, it's all lined out for them to the point where it's it's just stale. Well, if anything about the rest of this show that we will get to 
proves is that this is obviously entertaining for somebody. Who? I don't know. It's not us. Not me. Like, is it? Is it just entertaining? Does it make Vince giggle? Maybe it makes Vince giggle. I know it doesn't entertain Stephen P. New. He was supposed to be on this show tonight with us yeah. doing this, and he said no. You Fuck broke this. him, WWE. Yeah. You broke Stephen P. New. Congratulations. Yeah, Stephen P. New was going to talk about this show, but he hated it so bad that he was like, no, fuck this, I'm going to bed. Yeah. And here we are talking about it. He was angry. He was upset, and by talking about it, so yeah, he's a smart man. Just it's uh, It was definitely a long pay-per-view, and we start out with a really hot match. Now, we're out of the pre-show. We're into the actual show. And we get to see the beginning start out with Rhea Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. And this match is good. Very good. And speaking mm. of, of being good, mm. man, Charlotte looked fantastic tonight. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I wrote down, I said, five stars already. And all that happened was Charlotte walked out. I'll paint you a picture. She came out, and there was lots of different uh, themed Ring gear tonight, would you say, right? I would say, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is by far the best I've ever seen. Oh, Charlotte came out with a Cruella DeVille themed gear, and it was the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. A little tight. Yeah, it was a little tight. It was a little tight. Yeah, your wife pointed out some stuff. Yeah, some tightness. Yeah, some tightness there. Definitely. We didn't notice it. I didn't notice it at all. Didn't ever look at it, but my wife was like, yep, I'm uh, pretty sure that you can see an imprint. Yeah. And then she mentioned that, and I didn't see the match at all because that's all I was looking for. That was the entire time. <laughs> I just, my eyes were focused, baby. <laughs> but if you did, if you did take your mind off of the imprint, then you could totally see a really good women's match here. These three are talented to the point. Um, there was a lot of good women's wrestling tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, WWE does have good women's wrestling. Yeah, I mean they and for a long time they didn't, but and I've never been the biggest women's wrestling fan. That that's there, there's no, no, I'm not hiding that fact. But when Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Oscar are in a match with anybody, I'm I'm hooked. But when they're in a match together, it's it's I mean it's it's a special situation. Well, do you know why we said there was good women's wrestling on here tonight? It wasn't because of the imprint, was it? No. Okay, good. No, I'm speaking. They are very talented, very talented wrestlers, not taking anything away. I just love that outfit. Um, this was the sexiest match I've ever seen in my life. It was. It was and, I, and I don't mean that to sound like I'm taking away from their abilities. It was a. It was one of the best wrestled matches on the whole card. It was. Uh, it just happened to be bonus, bonus, you know, yeah. very sexy. Very, very attractive match. But the reason why we said that that was good wrestling was who wasn't on here? Nia Jax wasn't on this show. She wasn't. We wouldn't have said that. Tamina Snuka wasn't here. Exactly. There was no other tag team match. No. Oh, and if that would have been on there, those words, there was great women's wrestling on, would have never been said. So thank you, Nia Jax. Thank you, Nia Jax, for not showing up tonight and making the women's portion of this event really good. In comparison, especially to the event. Oh, yeah. it. Not, neither of the women's matches were by far the worst thing on, on this pay-per-view. Now, did you think Rhea was going to retain here? I did. You did. You were with it the whole time you knew. That yeah, Rhea I told you before. I said, nothing's changing hands except maybe this one. 
or like you know maybe the tag team, yeah. which ended up happening. But yeah, I, this was just a a very long raw. Or not really. It was just it was just a really good raw. Where do you think they're going with Charlotte? Like obviously they want Charlotte to win the title sixteen times. We're already at thirteen. So when is the next title victory? Are we are we sticking with Rhea Ripley for a while, or do you believe that Charlotte's going to eventually get it? I think at this point, uh, they're going to stick with everybody until they're back in front of fans, because there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel now. Where like things are are legitimately opening back up, so we don't want to see a title change hands without fans. That's what you're saying, correct? Or, or a big title change hands? Yes, I can see that. I can I can definitely see that. But uh, obviously, these titles are not that big to them because we go into the tag team titles match, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match: Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, the Dirty Dogs versus Dominic and Rey Mysterio, the first. Father, son, hopefuls to win the tag titles. And, but there is no Dominic. Dominic is not there. He was, he had a couch incident. There was a couch accident. Yeah, he's and he stuck was a under part a of couch. And, and Jamie Noble's calling everybody he knows, trying to get more people to help him move this couch. But Dominic's underneath. And we're going to have a match with Rey Mysterio versus the Dirty Dogs by himself. And he is dressed. In an Adam West Batman style Rey Mysterio outfit, he looked like a six-year-old on at Halloween who went to Party City and like got the cheapest Batman costume uh, they ever. had. And it, like, there are many, many memes that could be made over this like little kid dressed as Batman just going ape shit on all these wrestlers. Right? Oh man, it was something. You know, he's had questionable choices in the past, uh, and I like a lot of his gear and his, you know, attire, as it were, but not today, baby. What I didn't understand about the con- uh, the costume was you have the Rey Mysterio mask image, you know, the image of the mask. Why not use that as your Batman signal instead of whatever the hell that was? Was that like the guy from the, the Mysteries of the Hidden Temple show? I think that's <laughs> what that was. But it could have been the Mysterio you know, mask, and it would have looked more like the Batman thing. Well, for, that would have made one. sense. And two, where the hell does this mohawk come from? That ain't Batman. He's been, he's been wearing that for a while. Well, with the mohawk, he looked more like Howie Mandel's character from Little Monsters than he did Batman. <laughs> um, I don't know if I just showed my age there or what, but, uh, but that's what it looked like. And we got to see him basically... Wrestle the the world tag team champions by himself, and then here comes Dominic at the end. Oh, just grabbing his ribs, slow walking all the way down. Pro wrestling one hundred and one. Yeah, like he looks so out of place. He did, and and it, you know, there's just little things that where you, if you're not a wrestler, you don't know. Like uh, like wrestlers that have been wrestling for a long time that do little things that just make it more real. And one of those things is, you know, if Rey Mysterio is getting a pin, and you are hurt so bad that you can't make the save, how the fuck would you execute the hot tag? You can't get in to make the save, but you're still holding your arm out like, oh, you need the hot tag. Well, what the fuck's going to happen when you get tagged? Every it is a it is science, Resner. It is proven by doctors of some sort that once you get the hot tag 
all your injuries magically go away. It's it, it's like a power boost, like in Mario, right? Or something like... I, I think that's what they were trying to get us to believe You tonight. like get the mushroom, and then all of a sudden, you get like 20 seconds to fire back, you know, fire up, come back. You're, you're not hurt, and then one thing from the heel, and then, oh, I'm back. I'm hurt. I'm selling the ribs. Yeah. Well, Bobby and Dolph have really showed that they, no matter what they do, no matter what you give them, no matter what you tell them, they're going to do the very best at whatever it is. And, oh, yeah. and they executed this match to perfection. I mean, this someone said, hey, we want you to go out here and have a match with one guy. Then we want you to put over an injured guy. And they were like, okay, send him out. We'll do the best that that's, can possibly be done. And that's what they did. But this. Mm. Well, I think that it is a given on anybody you ask, anybody who does a podcast, anybody who, who follows wrestling at all. If you asked who are two guys that you would want in your wrestling federation or in your wrestling company, then Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are on that list. They're like, you know, the revival of, or oh, FTR rather. Like, they're good workers. They're very, very good workers. And, and they know what, they're very professional and they know what they're doing. And they're guys that you need to have on your team. Yeah. And, and obviously they're on the team. They're obviously team players because they went with this even though this idea was stupid, this whole this whole plan, I mean, I get it. We want to put the this these titles on Dominic and Ray because they're the first father son tag team to win them, and that's cool, I guess. And I, I guess that's the whole purpose of doing this. Well, I think that they're that the WWE is mistaken. I think they have it in their heads that if fans were here, they would love this. I think in their mind. The fans would be all about and totally invested in Ray and Dominic. And it's the fact that there's nobody here to cheer. But trust us, the fans would love this. And I think they're wrong. I think nobody would really give a shit about Ray and Dom. I know I don't. No. And I can't get behind Dominic. I can't either. I, and I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I want to say, yo, good, good job. This guy's doing great. But I'm... I just can't get behind it. And, and I really wish Ray was somewhere else. Like, I wish Ray would have went to AEW. Yes. Like, Ray is... Because this came up a little bit tonight of the... Uh, which wrestlers would actually do better in AEW. And uh, Ray is one of those people. And I told you, I said, the way AEW seems right now is out of all four people in this ring, who would who would AEW sign? They'd sign Dominic. Screw the other three. <laughs> they would hire Dominic to a long-term deal. Uh, yeah, it's he doesn't. He's too green. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he looks scared all the time. Yeah, and, and like he doesn't belong. No, he and he knows he doesn't belong. Right. You know, but I don't know. He's I mean, and but yes, he still looks like he's twelve, like in the face. That doesn't help. But also, yeah, the be- you're making money now, kid. Get some better tattoo work. <laughs> you just got those. Those were horrible. Yeah, it didn't. It, <laughs> I'll tell you something I did like about this match was, and, and you know, somebody, Bobby Roode, I, and we were talk. We're going to talk more about Bobby Lashley later. But we said before, you know, we started recording that Bobby Lashley. It's like the WWE all of a sudden was like. Hey, we've got this guy that looks like a million dollars. Let's put the belt on him. 
like, we put the belt on him and it's working. Wow. Well, I feel like they're going to, they're going to do the same thing with, with Bobby Roode in a few years and it's going to be too late, but like they totally have a world champion on their hands with Bobby Roode too. And they're just wasting him in these angles. Well, they should have done it when he was NXT champion. Yeah. And he comes up. Why couldn't he got the Rhea Ripley treatment? He should have. I mean, and and I've said it before. I'll say it again. Bobby Roode reminds me so much of Shane Douglas. He does. He sounds like Shane. He acts like Shane. His mannerisms, the way he... I mean, I've never heard Bobby Roode say that Shane Douglas was one of his mentors, but I swear, I think that he paid a lot of attention to the franchise. Well, obviously. And and Shane has said that he loves Bobby Roode. He does. I mean, he's a, such because a Bobby Shane sees, you can, And that's really saying something. Yeah. Shane's not really a fan of anybody. Now, he likes people. He's a fan of himself. He's a fan of the franchise. He's a fan of the franchise. And he's also a fan of people personally. But as a wrestler, he's a fan of very few. Uh, and, and and we'll know that actually he's coming up on uh, on one of the uh, the episodes of House of Kayfabe coming up. He's going to talk about his Mount Rushmore and the Mount Rushmore for Shane Douglas is kind of unbelievable. I, I'm not going to let it out wow. right now, but uh, but it's kind of crazy because he doesn't like a whole lot of wrestlers. He just doesn't. No. And, but Bobby Roode is on his list. He likes Bobby Roode a lot. Yeah, th- there were a couple on that Mount Rushmore. You know, that you told me, and I went, Yeah, I can see that. Of course, those are on there. And then there were some that I was like, What? Why? Right. Why? Right. It's a weird Mount Rushmore. And that's when Shane Douglas comes onto the house of kayfabe. It is coming up in the next uh, next few weeks. But one of the things about this match before we move on to the next match is the slide. Bobby sliding Rey Mysterio out of the ring. He goes baseball slide style underneath the bottom rope and catches that super kick to the teeth. I loved it. Beautiful. It was. It, it was the best part. The best hot spot of the match. I mean, it really. It, it says something. Like, look, I do not. This. This is. I. I will die on this hill. I am not. I do not advocate for the beating of children dressed in Halloween costumes. But. <laughs> but if you are into that kind of thing, that was a. That was really. That was great to see. It was. It. It, it overshined the title victory to me because I just did not want to see the titles come off of Dolph and uh, and Bobby Roode. Oh, I didn't either. And the the thing that bothered uh, our friend Dave, who was here watching with us at the time. Yeah. Shout out to Dave. Yeah, Dave Tyree. Boom, yeah. Boom. The thing that bothered him the most was the fact of, you know, for the match, Dom is selling the ribs, selling the ribs, and then he does a frog splash. Pops up and picks his dad up and raises his like the ribs once again. Yeah, you know. And by the way, uh, if Eddie Guerrero actually is Dominic's father, <laughs> right? He is not proud of that frog splash. No, that frog splash is not making pops proud. No, Tamina does a better frog splash, and that's saying Ooh, something. Oh, do you uh, you really think so? Snoop Dogg does a better frog splash. Oh, gosh. No, that's a re- lot. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Snoop's got the worst frog splash of all time. Yeah, I'm coming a little hot on Dom there. All right, so we are going to the next match. The next match. <sighs> say it. Just just I, fucking say it. Uh, There's zombies. Oh, my God. So, so Johnny Drip Drip is walking around backstage, and he sees this uh, this door that says WWE Lumberjacks. He opens it up. Motherfucker's full of zombies. There's a zombie outbreak in the arena. 
who's in charge of who is like the who's the zombie liaison? Who's the producer? Was it Jamie Noble? It must have been. Well, you know, but it's like who's in charge of herding zombies together and telling them like you know the rules of this giving match. their giving them their meal voucher for catering, <laughs> and then they tell them where to sit in the green room. Right, Jesus Christ! What I, I get it. We're we're promoting this movie, and you could have ran a commercial. We don't have to use our match to promote. Zack Snyder's new movie. And I guarantee you, if Zack Snyder was watching, he didn't like it. If if this is what this movie is like, I will not spend money to see this movie. No, I wouldn't. You tried to promote this by ruining my wrestling match. Now I really don't have any, any desire to see Army of the Dead. Well, because obviously, if, if in the movie Army of the Dead, if they don't get inside of a wrestling ring... Somewhere in this movie, the whole thing's bullshit. Because obviously, as, as as was proven, zombies can't get in wrestling rings. From bell to bell. From bell to bell. Once the bell hit rings, though, they can get inside wrestling rings. The zombies follow the rules of wrestling better than AEW. Wow. That's true. And this, I just don't, like, it's like somebody's really mad at Miz and Morrison. Like, is that... Is that something? Did Morrison do something wrong? No, I think that that there is a role. I think Miz is a businessman. And I always go back to the whole thing of, like, you know, with Heath Slater. People would always be like, yeah, but he's a jobber. He's a jobber. And Heath Heath was like, yeah, but I'm on TV every friggin' week. It's not about whether you win or lose. It's about how much TV time you get. And I think that there is a role in WWE for a jackoff who gets who who is the Miz, you know, whatever a guy that they can basically just do comedy and bullshit and just screw the business. This is all for Hollywood and marketing and the Miz is happy to do it because he gets paid well and he's on TV every week. And he wants to be a superstar so bad. He wants to be a Hollywood superstar. Yeah. And and after this debauchery that ensued in this match. If the if there were any casting or producers for Mortal Kombat watching this, if I were them, I would say, oh, that's a hard pass on the Miz. He's too cheesy. But who's that Damien Priest guy? Yeah. We can make something out of him. Yeah, we're gonna make a Desperado reboot with that guy. Man, he he you said he could be the next Danny Trejo. He totally could. Absolutely. Yeah, you could do a machete with uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, so so there so there was a match that happened. It was kind of yeah, sorta. I mean, at, at least the zombies tried. Like they were leaning in, trying to grab the feet. They were. They weren't just lackadaisical zombies, just waiting for somebody to come outside the room. I wonder if some of them were zombies from the actual movie. Or, I mean, are we going to see a, an, an Elvis impersonator zombie sure. in the movie? I think we do. I think it's in the preview. Oh, okay. Because it's set in Las Vegas. Okay, so some of these some of these zombies are from the movie. Some of these zombies are obviously workers. Yeah, like that big son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm like, this is, this is a weird feeling for me because I don't, normally I would be filled with anxiety over what kind of weird stupid, stupid things they're going to do with this. Because obviously we'll get to the end of the match, but tomorrow night has a lot of implications. Are they going to have this? Okay, 
there was a big zombie, a big zombie, and he no-sold. All the other zombies were getting their ass kicked. Yeah. Punch, 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 punch. They go down. This big dude comes out, and he no-sells everything. What's his name? Like, yeah. who is that guy? Please tell me we're going to have a zombie wrestler in 2021. Yeah, I hope not. Uh, that was that was a really big fail in, in the WWE ECW. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, I just can't imagine. I mean, obviously, WWE's got an influx of big guys that they're hiding in the Performance Center, and they keep popping out with them and putting them with different people. Oh, is this going to be one? God, I hope not. But, you know... Match happened. Damian Priest wins. That's, I mean, it was a match. It happened. Nothing well, real. I mean, did anything spectacular happen in it? Well, you know, Miz and Morrison got eaten by zombies. The question is, are they going to show up tomorrow as zombies? Because they were bitten by zombies. Of course they will. If you did not see this, the Miz, or, or I'm sorry, Morrison tries to do some sort of parkour move. He's outside, and he gets caught and dragged behind down into the Thunderdome, right, and supposedly eaten by zombies. Uh, the Miz. Can on the you other ima- hand, Can you believe that you're fucking saying this, and we're talking about a wrestling pay per view? No, it's not Halloween Havoc either. This is this is fucking May. So the Miz loses, and then ding, 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 which apparently is code to zombie is zombie speak for dinner bell. Yeah, you can get because in- they all slide in. Have you ever, you remember that scene in in Interview with the Vampire when Antonio Banderas like or whatever he just like lets all the little vampires just like jump on that one girl. It was like that. They all just swarmed on the Miz and then uh, in theory ate the Miz. So how do you how do you even justify if Miz comes back as a zombie? How does he not become like this? Is ridiculous. I I, I wrote a cheesy joke. <clears throat> Hold on, let me see here. Uh, so so zombies like brains, right? Right. All right. Now see now clearly they're fishing in a dead pond. All right, because no brains were used or anywhere around this match. Not at all. Not not a single brain. So boom. Prove me prove me wrong. This was ridiculous. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And we go into another match after this match, which is actually good. Bailey versus Bianca Belair, our second woman women's match of the night, and, and that really the second best match of the night. Yeah, and this was a great match. Speaking of speaking of outfits, outfits. Okay, I'll speak about outfits. You could speak right. about outfits because. <laughs> You know, Bianca Belair had a, a pretty interesting outfit on. It was. It was it was made out of the material, uh, you know, like your grandma or somebody would have, or your, I don't know. <laughs> your, would My I grandma have? never wore that, actually. But No, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like on a pillow. Yeah, know, it's like, like the pillow where you, could, you rub one way and it's one color, you rub the other way, it's another color. Exactly. That's how her outfit was tonight. Yeah, so they missed a really... Good opportunity to have Montor to have Montez Ford give her a hug for good luck, and then as she walks away, there's just two handprints on her butt of a different color. That would have worked. if they wanted to do comedy, which they shouldn't have in this match. But she was wearing a little thing. How and- come every time that they do comedy, it's never that funny? How come they never get that creative? Because I don't work there, baby. That's that's exactly what I was going to get to. WWE, you need to call Rich quick. He could make your show actually funny when you want it to be. Yeah. I'm unlisted, though, so, you know, Facebook me. Uh, So, yeah. So, my favorite part of the match, and you can talk about other things, 
Uh, but my favorite part of the match was the finish, which was uh, basically, well, it really wasn't the finish, but it was Bailey pulling off Bianca's eyelash. Yeah, that that's it's a creative way to to get some heat, and I love Bailey as a heel. Absolutely, like, oh, yeah. Bailey as a heel, I never really thought about it when she wasn't a heel, like what she would be like as a heel. Well, I loved her when she was a hugger. I I I have been Team Bailey ever since she debuted. See, I can't say that. I I have not been Team Bailey the whole time, but this heel run, I've been behind one hundred percent. I I am not ashamed to say it. I literally cried. Tears from my face when she made her main roster debut. Really? I was so happy for her because I liked Bailey so much. And now I like heel Bailey even more. Yeah, she is great as a heel. And, and I think that's really what made this match is the way Bailey works. Oh, yeah. Well, she, she's so good. And Bianca's not no slouch either. Oh, no, no. Like, they're both very, very good. Uh, and, you know, just everything Bailey Bailey is an is another example of somebody you can give anything to and they will you know put their heart into it and commit fully to it and try to get it over and they usually do. Yeah. And I I think that that Bailey really puts on a clinic to show, showing all women's wrestlers like this is how you do it. This is how you have a match that's believable and entertaining and that comes with a with a with a good finish and a good Plot line and everything. Uh, she told a story. Yeah. Bailey will be employed or should be employed there forever. For life. Like, as a trainer. Because if, you know, if they were on the road, Bailey is somebody that you could work with and go, all right, here's how you work as a baby face. All right, here's how you work. Because Bailey can do it all. And, you know, once again, her weak spot used to be her promos. Not anymore. Not anymore. She, like, for some reason... She got to be a bitch, and she learned how to speak. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what influences gave her that ability. Because I mean, you know, someone obviously had to take her to the side and be like, "Listen, you're doing really bad at promos. You need to change this. You need to do this. You don't need to do this." I wonder who that person was. I don't know, but I but buy that man a yeah. Buy that man a drink or something, yeah. or that woman a drink. Buy, buy somebody a drink. Buy somebody a drink somewhere. Um, so coming up next is the, the the WWE World Championship match. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman in a triple threat. And this match was hard hitting. It was there was nothing wrong with the with the action in the ring. Now you you did did you think somebody else was going to win? I, I kind of felt like somebody was else was going to win because what like. I didn't see the purpose in making it a triple threat. Like you're you're triple threading us to death. Why are you triple threading us to death? It tells me that you're about to take the title off somebody without beating them. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen this time. It didn't happen last time. Well, it's a that's so funny is that that's considered a swerve probably nowadays because for years we've been indoctrinated and ingrained with the fact that oh you put three people in a triple threat. Somebody's losing a title. Why Why did we believe that? Because that's the way it always happened. Right. And now the most creative thing you can think of is we're going to, the people will think Lashley's going to lose because of this, but he's actually going to win. Swerve, bro. Yes. No, it's not. That's just lazy. It's lazy booking. Yeah. You've, you've done the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, and you did something different this time. So we're like, oh. 
How innovative. How innovative. That man's on his way to the top. He's thinking outside the box. So how many times did Braun almost die? Way too many. Yeah. He did this, uh, the forward flip off of the apron onto both of them. If not for Drew and Bobby, he could have broke his neck and died right there. Oh, he would have broke his neck, I think. Yeah, it was. A, that's a lot of weight coming down. Why does he doesn't need to do these moves? I'm glad he can do them. Yeah. But there's no reason why an almost 400-pound giant who is a, your monster needs to be doing flips and dives out of the ring. Or coming off the top rope at all. You know, I, I think you, you should just set him down with Sid. Have a conversation with Sid about big guys jumping. <laughs> you know? Well, that would last like two seconds, and then they would talk about softball. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I, I doubt he can even play softball anymore after that. After breaking his leg like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, Braun then takes a belly-to-belly from Drew. He was an inch away from cracking his skull on the ground. Uh, there's just... There's there's thing, there's certain risks that you you shouldn't take with Braun, I don't think. No, there's no reason why, why you know... Yes, hey, would it be cool if I snap-suplexed a 400-pound guy? Yeah. But... You know, if you're going to do it, maybe do it at the beginning of the match when you're not, when it's not like 15 minutes in and you're all kind of winded. Yeah, or maybe do it in the ring. Yeah, well, I mean, because the whole thing is that it's, it's, you know, it, it's not Drew throwing Braun. It's Braun jumping and doing a flip, let's be honest. And Braun, you know, at, yeah, he's a big dude. You go so many minutes and he ain't going to jump as well and he ain't going to help himself as, as, as well right. as he could. You're right. So... I mean, this is something Braun needs to look back and go, you know what? Maybe I won't do that. I'm really glad we didn't hear the train sound effect tonight. Oh, I would have lost that bet. (laughs) You would have bet that we were going. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad we didn't. That that shit gets on my nerves so bad. It's it's sort of like the CGI shit. I, I, I mean, sometimes it looks cool, but most of the time it looks cheese dick as fuck. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, they look like video game entrances. They so do. that's what I'm going to expect to see on 2K21 or 22 or whenever, whatever whatever the new one is. Right. Because they look just like video game entrances. So They do. You know. This match was was okay. It was a good match. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was good. You know, it was hard hitting and there was there were times when I thought Drew might actually win. Yeah. I thought Bobby Lashley would retain, which he did. Uh, and he did it in the way that, speaking of video games, when I play uh, like 2K8, whatever 2K game I have, and I'm in a triple threat, you always like let the other two guys fight until like one guy hits the other with the finish, and then you shit can the one guy out of the ring and pin the other, you know, and pin right. the guy who just got hit. So you're a you're a chicken shit heel when you play video games. Most of the time, yes. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. That's that's what happened. Bobby Lashley wins. Braun Strowman takes the pin. Yeah, I did. why 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 did we have to do the 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 Bobby Lashley uh, electrical situation? I don't know, but it looked a shit ton better than Jericho's fall. <laughs> it, it definitely did. It wasn't even a fall. Oh, watch and learn. <laughs> Like, Bobby Lashley just goes through a wall. You don't see where he goes, but he goes through the LED wall at the top of the stage. 
you just see him disappear. And then and some bo- sparks. And then lots of sparks and explosions. That was way better than, than Jericho. It was more of an explosion than Kenny Omega's uh, exploding match, too. Oh, it was way, it was way <laughs> bigger explosion than that. Yeah. And it really wasn't even that fucking great. That's how bad. <laughs> yeah. So Lashley retains here and uh, keeps the title, which is great because they're finally realizing we have a legit world champion that people can believe is the real deal because he fucking is. And I'm really glad. I'm so glad that WWE is not screwing this up yet. Yeah, I don't want Lashley to lose for a long time. No, I don't either. I don't want Lashley to lose until Lesnar shows up. Yeah, and, and I want him to beat Brock. I do too. See, but but here's the problem that you have is that Roman is your other champion. He's not going to lose for a while. Right. He's a heel. And so is Bobby. And Bobby is. So do you want both your world champions to be unstoppable heels? For a long, long time. For a long, long time. I don't know. But it seems like you would have to give Roman a break before you'd have to give Bobby a break because Roman's got movies coming up, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some, some opportunities for Roman coming up. Really? Wouldn't you think? I don't know. Is The Rock making another movie? I feel like I feel like there's got to be some people in Hollywood that are that are paying a lot of attention to Roman Reigns because the closest thing they have to another Rock is Roman Reigns. Jason Momoa. Yeah, I mean, it's I you know that they could. I don't know. I'm saying from wrestling. From wrestling, yeah. You know, their closest thing to having another Rock is is getting getting Roman Reigns on that level. Uh, you know, I know Batista trying. He's, he's, he is. But, you know, he's not, like John Cena's. I hear know. he's got a new movie with Zack Snyder coming out that's got zombies in it. Oh, imagine if they ate the Miz. Oh, I think they did. God almighty. All right, so the next match is our main event. Cesaro versus Roman Reigns, a match that, that a lot of us have been waiting for for years upon years upon years upon years. It's to see... Cesaro gets some type of opportunity to actually be something. And that's what we've seen tonight. And this was an exceptional match. It, it, it really was. And, you know, for over, as they said, for over a decade, you know, Cesaro has been in the WWE and he has never gotten a title shot. And, you know, part of me kind of, part of, of, of me is kind of pissed off about this because this is, this is the WWE's, and don't forget this, people. This is the WWE's equivalent of a pizza party for the workers in your office. Because we, we've loved Cesaro for so many years, and we were like, yeah, Cesaro, give, push Cesaro, push Cesaro. He deserves a shot. And then they go, okay, you've been, you've been good for the last 10 years. We're going to give you what you want. Here's a pizza party, and the pizza's cold. And uh, by the way, we're just going to throw the pizza on the ground at the end of the party, what's left, and uh, stomp on it. And we're not going to have a pizza party again forever. You had one. You should remember the good times. I hope you took a picture. Yeah, because Cesaro worked his ass off. He did. Uh, And he always does. He bled, like, from his arm. And it was the arm that they weren't working on. (laughs) Like, I was like, I don't know. The other arm, like... You're working on the right arm, but that left one is actually bleeding. It looks kind of bad. Maybe, maybe try that one for a bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but he did great. Nobody thought that Cesaro was going to win. No, 
I no, thought I perhaps maybe for a feel-good story, Daniel Bryan sh- could show back up, even though we've all been told that he's officially done with WWE and he can go wherever he wants. Well, Roman Reigns mentioned him during the match by name. So I thought, okay, maybe Daniel Bryan will show up and either help Cesaro win or he'll show up and screw Cesaro out of it and then Daniel Bryan and Cesaro will go. We'll have a program. No, that didn't happen. Uh, Roman Reigns wins very lacklustery, in my opinion. Very lacklustery, but if it also brought me back to the whole lazy booking thought of, I guarantee you someone was back there like, we've got to make Cesaro a star. Uh, they made Steve Austin a star by making him pass out to a submission move. Let's do that here. Yeah, I mean, yes, another old trope, you know, of, well, baby faces, baby faces don't tap. They pass out. Well, that that just happens every time. And, and Roman's been using uh, the guillotine choke as a finish recently and and it works it's okay but it is it works better if he's like caught out of nowhere and like ends him quickly yeah you know but this was just a lot of cesaro fighting and trying which is good which is what he should have done but it was like oh 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 okay well he almost got to his feet and then collapsed and now it was the end yeah and and also he was out of it yeah and then he got and then he like almost put himself back in it Oh, yes, he did. He, he did slip out and went, oh, sorry about that. Here's my head. Yeah, here's my head. Here, take it back. Uh, and that that sucked. Yeah, in, in hindsight, uh, they probably should have got up, done another, you know, short series of something, you know, bing, bang, back into the guillotine, out. Yeah. They, they should have just got up and redid it. They should have. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 the end of this match was lackluster. I really wanted to see something better from uh, Cesaro. And then Seth Rollins comes out. When he had got another ridiculously ugly suit on, comes out, gets in Roman's face, and, and then I'm thinking, oh, we could see a feud between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. But then he jumps on Cesaro and starts beating the shit out of Cesaro. Well, first, uh, why did Jay Uso come out and present the tribal chief head of the table a necklace of chili peppers? Yeah. Well, can you, I can only assume... That the tribe that Roman is chief of, their main export and main way to make money is raising chili peppers, apparently. I have no idea. Like, did, did some, once again, I think there was a big trip to Party City. Yeah. And they were like, get some of those, you know, flowered lays, you know, like when you get off the, the plane in Hawaii. Like, and they were like, got it. And they were like, what the fuck? Are you, you brought us chili peppers? <laughs> Why did, well, shit, it's too late now. We got to go. I hope you did better on the Batman suit. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we didn't. Uh, but yeah. It, but Seth Rollins goes right back after Cesaro. And I got this vibe out of the end here. Because you know, you've seen Jey Uso attack Cesaro. You've seen Seth Rollins attack Cesaro. They, they're basically setting it up for Cesaro not to show up. Well, because they, they worked on Cesaro's arm the entire match. Then at the end, Seth Rollins puts Cesaro's arm through a steel chair and slams said arm into the ring post, which would imply in wrestling, you know, science, his arm is now broken. Right. And he got the big stomp, you know, the curb stomp. He got that as well on the outside. Yeah. So, so Cesaro's gone for a little while. 
You would think so. If he's not, then it, I mean, it really doesn't make sense. But uh, why would you take him off TV after doing this? I mean, obviously he's not hurt. I don't know. Like I said, it's a pizza party. They don't. They don't. They don't really care about Cesaro getting over. They they just fed us some crumbs off the table. Here, you want this? Remember it and shut up. Like you know, yeah. you're not getting it again. Right. Like and now, poor Cesaro. Like it'd be years from now, he'll be sitting around drinking coffee at a Starbucks, going, "You know, I fought the champ once. Me and Roman, one time. What? One backlash. Ah, uh, oh." Yes. Uh, well, so this whole event, you watch the whole thing. Where do you where do you rank it on a? Uh, give me a star rating. Meltzer mm. me out, baby. Well, uh, as I've said before, uh, Charlotte Flair is five stars just on the outfit alone. Yep. Um, yes, that is one that I that I will show uh, show friends and and will more than likely watch back later. But uh, as overall, you know, I'll give it three. You will? Yeah. I was a little harsh on the last one we did, and I gave the lowest, and everybody, I was like, okay, maybe I'll be a little better. Uh, I won't be as, as, as cynical and mean. But uh, so, I mean, now you're right. Two and a half. Yeah, I'm giving it two and a half. Two and that's, a half. that's where I'm at, two and a half on tonight's episode. The zombies, no, the zombies did it. I, and they should be damn happy that they get a two and a half. Yeah. Because that zombie thing. As I explained to you earlier, uh, that zombie thing may be the most ridiculous and dumbest thing I've ever seen in wrestling. And it is way more ridiculous than anything Bray Wyatt has done. Because uh, what's the most ridiculous thing he's done? Okay, he got set on fire. You know what? For a half a second, just a millisecond, when he got set on fire, I thought, oh, shit, they set... He must be wearing a suit. Oh, wait a second. That's a dummy. But for a split second, I believed that, that there was a real person on fire being heavily protected, but I thought it was real for a split second. Split. At no time did I ever wonder if John Morrison was really getting eaten by zombies. No, At no point was any of this real. Never once. So, therefore, it is is. Way, way more ridiculous and way dumber than Bray Wyatt's anything he's done recently. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. The zombies 100% really ruined this for me. So are we going to watch Raw tomorrow? I, I'm definitely going to watch Raw tomorrow. See? We're stupid. We are. We're stupid, people. We sit here and go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You're going to watch it tomorrow? Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly And then you know what's going to happen? We're going to get on the phone tomorrow and go, this was so fucking stupid. Why did we watch this? You going to watch that? Yeah. You going to watch AEW? You know I am. Yeah, buddy. Oh, (laughs) jeez. That's us. All right, so thank you so much for joining us here on The Full Report. This has been all about WrestleMania Backlash. And uh, I do have to say that coming up, from the House of Kayfabe, you can expect part one and part two of the Nick Aldis interview. And you can expect our exclusive special edition with Pelly Primo about the Joey Ryan case. And you can expect very soon a tribute to New Jack, who passed away recently. And we have to say it 
Rest in peace, New Jack. And we will have a, a tribute episode coming out very soon. And we're also doing a tribute episode on Franchise with Shane Douglas. Oh, yeah. No, that's going to be really good. Yeah, You know, and, and, and what people may not know, uh, obviously everybody knows that Shane knew New Jack and, and knew him very well. What a lot of people don't know is that you knew New Jack. I did. You very knew good. him. And you talked to him four days before, before he died. I did. You know, so you have stories to tell, and I want to hear them because I've heard a lot of them, but I know I haven't heard them all. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell stories about, like, the time that New Jack stole my phone by accident, and I had to hunt it down with the tracker. I'll I'll tell you the story. It's great. (laughs) But uh, there's a lot of things that happened with me and New Jack. Like, the very first time that we met, he had been left at an airport for two hours, and no one ever picked him up. So the very first time I met New Jack, he was mad as a motherfucker. Yeah, that's a good story, too. All that you can expect from a tribute episode about New Jack right here on House of Kayfabe. And also, you can expect some more stories that I don't even know that are coming out of Shane's head about New Jack on Franchise with Shane Douglas. This has been the full report for Rich Quick. I'm Brian Resner, and we will see you next time right here on the Kayfabe stream. House of Kayfabe. I take it to the edge, you it till it I push it to the limit, I ain't ever gonna sleep I'm tired for a fight, I live it on the right Cause it's hard to see the light down the barrel of a gun I take it like a drug and try to kill the pain Addicted to the damage, I ain't ever gonna change Cause what I want is all in me Like a nightmare This has been a product of Superior Radio Network. Call Stephen P. If you have been mistreated and abused by a major corporation, if you've been abused by a representative like a doctor at the Veterans Administration Hospital, if you or a member of your family has been the victim of elder abuse in a nursing home, if you have been poisoned by Roundup or by asbestos in your talcum powder, if your entire city's water supply has been poisoned by chemicals left underground, or if you've got any other kind of gripe or grievance that you feel needs redress in the legal system, call Stephen P. New, newlawoffice.com, 888-692-8084. He's representing people from professional wrestlers to just the little people out there like you and me that need some champion of justice to defend their rights in a court of law, especially with the American justice system being as fucked up as it is. You need somebody that knows this shit inside and out. And Stephen P. New, if it's one thing he knows inside and out, it is 
of shit. I think you mean a courtroom. A courtroom full of shit. That's what you'll get. Every time you're in a courtroom, you've got a courtroom full of shit. You need a shit shoveler to shovel all the shit out of the way and get you the shit you deserve. And Stephen P. New is the best shit shoveler in the world. He will dig you out of whatever hole of shit you're buried in, and he will get you the shit that you deserve so that you can go and tell everybody else that they're the shits. And you'll be the shit. Call my law office. We'll fight for you. Contact Stephen P. New, attorney at law. 